0: I can actually, I can feel it. I can feel it. It's here. Remember that? Ah, Good old days. All right, let's go to Celebrator South African. First South African to conquer Mount Everest and Mount Lhotse. I'm hoping I'm saying that correctly. Within 24 hours, Remy Kloos joins us now. She's a high altitude mountaineer, along amongst other things. Congratulations, Remy. What's it feel like?
1: Hi, John. Thanks for having me. Oh, wow. It still feels surreal. I actually landed back in the country a week ago today and just busy landing as as such.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Talk us through. First of all, climbing Mount Everest. Let's start there. What was that like?
1: Mount Everest is an absolute dream. The whole expedition took um, six weeks, so it can take up to two months to climb a mountain of this magnitude due to the altitude. One needs to... um, climb the mountain in rotations, and one needs to tr- uh, trek into base camp for starters, which takes 10 days. So the build-up to the summit is absolutely massive. Um, and the journey in Nepal, at base camp, climbing above base camp, is all just, in my, in my world, it's an absolute dream.
0: Mm. Yeah, it, it, it's not just uh, arriving and then going from camp to camp. There's a whole up and down process, isn't there?
1: Yes, 100%. John, you know you have to, because of hate and haze, high altitude pulmonary edema, and high altitude cerebral edema, which takes many lives on the mountains. You need to take it slow. So you need to climb up to from base camp, climb to camp one, sleep a few nights there, cl- climb to camp two, uh, sleep a few nights there, come back down the mountain, and then that's one rotation. <laughs> uh, rest for a few days, do the whole thing again, and maybe tag camp three the next time. Then come back down the mountain. Um, We've got to wait for a good weather window as well. So there's so many logistics and uh, controllables and uncontrollables um, in the mix.
0: What was the season like, Remy? It seemed positive. There were a couple of record sets, including yours, this this time around.
1: I love it that you've been following the season, John. That makes me so (laughs) happy. Yes, there was complete opposite to last season. Last season, there were countless cyclones. There were barely any weather, weather windows. It was a disaster. COVID was around. This year, nothing. The complete opposite. It was almost like the weather gods in the universe were like, we're going to give you an incredible year. The 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 jet streams never quite hit, and these jet streams usually dictate the weather windows. So there were summer days. Over a period of ten, twelve days, which is unheard of. Warm weather, warm inverted commas, obviously in terms mm-hmm. of mountaineering terms. A uh, super blood full moon eclipse on my summit day. This is a once mm. in a lifetime, once in I, I don't know if any other mountaineer can ever say they were on the summit of Mount Everest and, and witnessing this this blood moon eclipse. It was something I'll never forget for the rest of my life.
0: The, your Instagram pictures are I want to say out of the world out of this world they really are out of this world just just seeing you and the, the, this one of you I think this is on top of Everest your hand is up in the air I and mean, you you can see forever it's just like the most perfect day you could have asked for
1: oh yeah I know it was absolutely incredible I had no, no, no crowding and those kind of issues where you sometimes hear of mm. um, I felt strong up there I felt good I mean uh, I'm very grateful to my body. Uh, I mean, I put in the work that I'm grateful for. For that as well, those aspects, you know, it's great weather, 100%, but also to feel so good for mm. most part of the expedition was also an absolute gift. And like you so rightly say, the views on the top of the world, This, you've got this rolling, rolling views of endless mountains, Himalayan mountains, and it's just so surreal to be literally quite looking down on every single mountain in the yes. world. <laughs>
0: is it still dangerous to climb Everest? You, you see those crevices and the ladders and the steps and things you have to take. Is it still risking your life even on a perfect day like that?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, my, I saw a couple of bodies from previous years, which is maybe not kind of related to ex- exactly what you're saying now in terms of current years. But mm. uh, they are... You know, they're crevass. when we came down the Kumbu after our summit push, you could see how sections of the, the icefall had been avalanched and the whole route had changed. When we were climbing on the rotation to the Kumbu, there was an icefall collapse pretty close by where everyone just dove to the ground and covered themselves because <laughs> they didn't know where it was coming from. Um, so there are many ways in which one can still be at risk even, even now.
0: Yeah, and I, I imagine as global warming happens, the, the routes are going to change. One could argue it might get easier, but it could also get more difficult. As you say, the ice is going to melt unpredictably.
1: Oh, yeah, we we actually saw that quite significantly coming down the mountain. Unfortunately, the snow on the lower section of the mountain had already turned to the sugary powder, so it was like you mm-hmm. were skiing down, uh, which made things very uh, risky. <laughs> And then, again, the kumbu had changed in so many ways. Some of the anchors were coming loose, so the fixed ropes weren't secure. Some of the ropes we needed to rappel down from had started to fray, so we needed to find an alternative route down. So that you need to constantly be hyper aware, even though there are fixed lines. You need to always just be on top of your game.
0: All right. Now tell me about this other mountain that I've never heard of in my life. What is Mount <laughs> Lotze?
1: Yes. Mount Lossi is a dream. <laughs> so there are, in the world, there are 14 mountains that are higher than 8,000 meters, and they are known as the 8,000ers. And Lossi is one of those peaks. So Lati is situated very close to Everest, so it's very feasible to, to attempt this double, double summit. Very few people do it because they're actively wrecked after Everest, of course. Mm. But you... But they share a route to Camp 3. They share a route. So you need to go back down uh, to then go back up to Lossi. So you don't need to go back down all the way to base camp. You don't need to fly with a helicopter to a neighboring uh, Himalayan peak. Mm. They are sister-brother peaks. And and just to to add to that, sorry, John. So Lossi is the fourth highest mountain in the world.
0: Okay, just, yeah. no, let's just climb the 4th highest mountain because we, we, we can. Okay, so we know what it, it, it's nearby. Take us through your day. So what time did you wake up to start going up Everest? And then what did you do in those 24 hours that you managed to summit both of them?
1: Yeah, that's an awesome question. A little bit of details around that. So <laughs> we arrive, I arrived at Camp 4, uh, which is the highest camp on Everest. Uh, the one you leave from for the summit push, at around 12 p.m. on uh, the uh, 14th of May. Midday. Midday. Uh, Midday. And then at 9 p.m., then you rest, you eat, you kind of do as little as possible. And then at 9 p.m. that same day, I left for my summit push. And uh, I arrived on the summit. At around just six a.m.
0: Half past five, according had, to you. Half
1: past five, six. Yeah, yes. had about <laughs> had about had about an hour on the summit, mm-hmm. uh, forty-five minutes to an hour. Came down and then rested again um, until about. I think we left camp four at two a.m. the following morning. Uh, on the 16th, and proceeded to summit Mo- Mount Lhotse a few hours, I mean, like five, six hours after that.
0: Which one is more difficult?
1: I wish I had a visual image to show you at the moment um, of the view of Mount Lhotse as you're coming down Everest. You're looking at her, maybe I'll WhatsApp it to you afterwards because you seem like mm. an avid mount, a mountain follower. Because
0: yeah, I, I I watch you guys from very far away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but we love it. We need, we love the support. <laughs> Mount, so Mount Lachey has this cool, couloir, which is a French word. It's almost like this gully. So it's this pathway of snow with rock on either side. And you can kind of, if you stretch out your arms, you can almost touch from side to side. So you're climbing through this, this gully, but the steepness of... The gradient of Mount is not is way, way steeper than Everest. And uh, many say that the, the kind of technicality and steepness of Lossi is harder, but the summit push will be shorter than your Everest summit push.
0: Okay. So it, it more yeah, I was going to say, what sort of fitness levels are you at? Is that, is that all you do is just go as high as you can and climb as many hills as you can all the time?
1: Not all the time, but I do. Put, I did put in a lot of effort, I must say. I did train hard for it, but I always had fun. I ne- I never had the strict program of I need to do this on a certain day. I'm very intuitive. I'm very in touch with my my physical being. I'm very spiritual, and I'm I have this ability to tap into the power of the mountains. I'm mm-hmm. really I'm I'm quite a beast out there, I must say. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I bring a lot of respect as well. Like I. Uh, I'm very like, grateful to be on the mountains and I respect them. I, I think that they're powerful, powerful entities and we have a lot to learn from them. And I've come with that energy and, in, in, you know, I feel like they give me energy back. So I was one of the strongest on the team. Uh, I can say that confidently and with much pride because uh, I put in the effort and mm. I had fun. I had fun out there, you know, that's important.
0: Tell me about the Just Climb initiative.
1: Oh, you know, Just Climb is something so so dear to my heart. It's a, uh, an initiative I launched a few years back when I started climbing. When I used to live in uh, Johannesburg, I, I volunteered for a charity called Tlala Inje, which means Just Play in Zulu, and they're based in Hillbrow in Johannesburg. And it's, Over the years, I've raised hundreds uh, of thousands of rands to build this. Children's Community Center there and a teen center where we welcome the kids off the streets of Hillbough and uh, other volunteers help with uh, math, science and all these all these extramural activities and it's almost like a safe haven for them and so the Just Climb is just a play on the words and it's just to remember that everyone has their mountains and we need to just remember to put one step in front of the next and you know, just to to try and inspire and empower our youth as well to chase their dreams, whatever it is. Uh, so that's just an initiative that's been very close to my heart. That's an ongoing initiative.
0: Okay, so you've climbed this, you became the first South African to conquer Mount Everest. So are you the first woman to climb Mount Lhotse, is that
1: correct? First woman to climb Mount Lhotse and just prior, I think you kind of interrupted yourself. So the first... South African to summit Mount Everest and Mount Oh, sorry, and and Mount Latsi, sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, back to back.
0: Within 24 hours, yes. Within
1: 24 hours. And then the first...
0: No, you go ahead. You tell me the (laughs) record.
1: And the first South African woman to summit Mount Latsi.
0: Okay. What's next? Is there anything more on the bucket list for Reme Clues?
1: So if I won the lottery tomorrow, John... I would be on K2 in one month's time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the killer.
1: <laughs> no, so Annapurna is the most dangerous mountain of claims most lives. Mm. Uh, K2 is, is totally in, in reach for me, I believe. I don't know. I think my mom may kill me before I attempt uh, K2. So that might end my life before. But uh, yeah, so it all depends on what opportunities present themselves to me, what doors open, what aligns, what feels right. Mm. Uh, So I have nothing I can really say right now. But mountains over the years have become, you know, my biggest classroom for learning. They've become a platform for me to empower women and empower people to just chase Their biggest and wildest dreams. At any point in your life, you can change and pivot your life into a direction that you never thought would ever be possible. This has been a five-year journey of mine, uh, which is not that long. And so mountains will always be a part of my life going forward. So I do intend on finishing the seven summits. I'll be the youngest African to finish the seven. And I have one more left in Papua New Guinea, very easy climb but it's just been closed for some time due to war and civil unrest so we can't get there at the moment but it's mountains is not just about ticking it's not just about ticking this list off for me you know the the summit is the cherry on top the summit's for the (laughs) ego. you know it's the journey (laughs) it's the journey that's for the for the soul you know so the journey will continue and hopefully every year i'll do a significant peak. Uh, and use that peak to raise awareness for something, or maybe get people involved. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it all comes together.
0: Remy, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you very much for joining us, and good luck on every mountain that you climb.
1: Oh, thanks so much, John, for having me, and we'll connect soon.
0: I have. I'm following you on Instagram, so make it, make better pictures than you have. Those are embarrassing. Just the top of Everest. <laughs>
1: So if anyone wants to follow me on Instagram, it's just my, it's just my first name, Remy, and my surname, Chris. That's R-E-M-Y-K-L-O-R-S. Reach out to me if you have any questions. I'd love to get involved.